0: Tonight, yet another staggering heatwave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo heatwave powered by the fantasy football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days brought to you by the Broto team Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heatwave powered by the Fantasy Football by Broto app 32 teams in 32 days doing it broke toast style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today we are finishing off the NFC West looking at a team that uh, is close to my heart because we I went to San Francisco once and i and i bought their hat and now i wear their hat all the time so i feel like i'm, I'm connected in some way the san francisco 49ers i'm your host tim Petrop, here with my brothers michael and jason Petrop but before we get into that i want to remind you to download the fantasy football by brodo app the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season and it's free for a limited time how do you get the app anywhere you get your apps and what do you get on the app fantasy player cards which is basically fantasy profiles In a much more you know dynamic and interactive way, who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single statistic you need to exceed, including advanced statistics, uh, exclusive statistics as well that you're gonna only find here. True throw value, true target value, true performance value. Rushing yards over expected and points per opportunity, including touchdowns and so much more free for a limited time to our patrons over at because of our patrons, excuse me, over at patreon.com slash Broto fantasy. There's they are what keeps this thing moving. There's what keeps the money coming in so that we can spend the money uh, on the product. Join now to support the show and the app, please. But most importantly, join the join the community. The community on Discord is one of the best you can be in, um, in my opinion, the best. Play in leagues with the Brodo Bros. Get an extra podcast per week, waiver podcasts, private team consultations, free giveaways, and so much more. And as always, the Broto Hub is BrotoFantasy.com where you can find all things Brodo. Now, usually here's where I tell you about the offensive outlook and I tell you about the head coach and the OC and blah, blah, blah. We understand Kyle Shanahan. And last year, anything from last year, throw it out the window this was literally the most injured team in football last year bar none they were like historically injured almost every good player was out it was really really bad so they get a little bit of a reset this year and not only do they get a reset on on our projections they press the reset button on their quarterback position and the question is when does it change does it even change this year how do they treat Trey Lance? Because Trey Lance, we saw him in the preseason game. A lot of people shared his 80-yard bomb in that first preseason game, but not a lot of people shared a lot of interceptable balls that didn't get intercepted. A lot of bad decisions, and you know you have to think this. Is, this kid had didn't even play last year. Um, he's from a small school. He has to get adjusted for sure. That's why I'm thinking that if you're banking on Trey Lance to start sooner rather than later in San Francisco, I think that might be a bad bet because Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback who can run this offense very well. He's going to do that with a team around him. That's so very good. So the odds of them going on a three game losing streak and needing to turn to Trey Lance is very low. So how are you taking a look at this quarterback situation? Because I feel like if Trey Lance does start, he has the possibility to win people leagues. Jimmy G, on the other hand, can be you know you know decent. He can be a, a a streamable starter. But the quarterback position itself is so important to these guys outside. So with that being said, how do you see this quarterback battle playing out, Jason?
1: I concur with what you said in that. Look, Jimmy G has been a streamer at times. He's been a solid like quarterback, high end quarterback too at times with Kyle Shanahan. You're not trusting him if he's the quarterback, but I love Trey Lance whenever he becomes the quarterback because if you can have a Jimmy G-like high-end QB2 throwing performance on throws that aren't too difficult because Shanahan likes to make the game easy for his quarterbacks. He utilizes his tight end, of course. He utilizes short routes. Like This is what Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Ayuk, like all these guys are made to do these things, make it easy on the quarterback. So, if, you're, if you have a rookie quarterback who's able to do that, who also is 6'4", 227, and had 11 rushing, 1,100 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns in a college season, that's points, baby. Like, sky is the limit. Because when you have, also add in that, you have Ayuk, Kittle, Samuel, Mostert, Sermon, Sanu, fucking Jalen Hurd and Richie James. Like, when you have that many people at your disposal, too, I... I can't wait for the day that Trey Lance is named the starter. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a Dolphin situation last year where Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing a decent job, but he got benched anyway for Tua. Like, at some point, Uh. it's like, you know what? Let's bring in the young guy. Let's see what our team can do with him while there's still time left in the season. And right now, you kind of have to pay up a little bit for Trey Lance, but not a lot. It's not like your draft team was a top-12 quarterback. I love, I've mentioned this in the past, I tweeted about it, draft Trey Lance, draft Kirk Cousins, you're going to have a quarterback one. If you look at the Vikings' opening schedule, it's Cincinnati, Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland, Detroit, Carolina, Dallas, and then it gets a little tougher with the Ravens, Chargers, Packers, Niners. Those first six, seven games were beautiful for Kirk Cousins. Then you bring in Trey Lance, who's going to fucking run all over his competition and, and let Ayuk Samuel and Kittle just make plays for him. Kittle is the yak king. Leave your draft with those two in your set. Like I, That's my strategy if I'm not grabbing a high-end quarterback.
0: Interesting. It's an interesting strategy because if Lance gets, gets picked, it could pay off. You know, you guys call me an idiot for saying that about Justin Fields. But I think if you're – Justin Fields is in the same exact boat where – the Bears can lose the first couple games. They like, right the, bat, they're isn't a Bears the heat wave. <laughs> but if you're looking at those two guys because when you're taking when you're taking Trey Lance in this draft, you're staring Justin Fields in the face as well. Like those two guys are probably who you're picking from in that range if you're going to pick a quarterback there. So, like who to trust? And I'm just trusting Justin Fields a little bit, Fields a little bit more because I know that Justin Fields is going to start in my opinion, at least. Um this is an interesting wide receiver room as well, because lots of talent. This is not this is not a, a wide receiver core. This, this this wide receiver core has been built through their draft and has been really done well. Brandon Ayuk. I remember one scout calling him the next Julio Jones um, in the draft, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I asked my friend Sofo, the twins know Sofo. Um, I asked Sofo, what do I? What about this kid Ayuk? Because he went to Arizona State and he was like, yo. And Sofo's a very big sports fan. Like he, he analyzes sports. He's a sports doctor. He's like, yo, Brandon Ayuk is the truth. So it it gave me a lot of, I had a lot of Ayuk shares last year. I had a lot of, I had a lot of Ayuk going into the year. He ended up being great. Debo Samuel, he's hurt. He has a very specific skill set, but he could also be great. And then we're going to talk about George Kittle as well. But these two wide receivers, how do you look at them? Because if Trey Lance comes in, their value could go down. I think their value is higher with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So how are you looking at these two guys?
1: Yeah, the issue—the issue with the the um, San Francisco offense that everyone likes to point out is um, is volume, and they need to be efficient. Jimmy Garoppolo was not efficient last year. He was 29th in true target value when he was healthy and playing. The year prior, he was ninth in true target value. And that was when George Kittle was very good when healthy. Debo Samuel was good when healthy. Now we have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk was a star in his rookie season, boyos. Five wide receiver, one performances, was tied for 6th in the league despite playing in only 12 games, which is just super impressive for a rookie. And yes, this was without a healthy Kittle. This was without Debo. This was with a team that Ayuk was force-fed the ball a bit. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he dominated. Like, Jalen Rager didn't dominate in his time as the number one option for Philly. Brandon Ayuk showed that he's a good football player. And I don't think you have that sort of instant success by accident. It's still a Kyle Shanahan offense. I know they like to run the ball, and they need to be efficient for pass catchers to really pay off. But I don't see why he cannot pay off at his current ADP of wide receiver 27. Like, this guy was a wide receiver one in almost half his games last year. And now he's being drafted at wide receiver 27. And George Kittle is back. George Kittle is healthy. George Kittle had 1,300 yards last time he was healthy. He's going to command targets, period. I saw a tweet yesterday from a Niners beat writer. And it was, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just connected with Brandon Ayuk on three straight third downs. He looks amazing. Talking about Ayuk. And then the next tweet was because people are tweeting at him about fucking Trey Lance and stuff. He goes, Don't think this is just Jimmy Garoppolo tweet either. Trey Lance came in and hit Ayuk on three straight throws. Ooh. Because I, I mean, if you're. If you're... If you
0: and Debo's not that. like. Debo is good too. Debo's a different type of receiver.
1: Yeah. Debo's like, like. Had... Go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: He he had a hilariously low average depth of target.
0: We're going to say the same thing. Great yeah. ones think alike.
1: It was well, the majority of his catches were behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. As a wide receiver. Negative. Hilarious. Yeah. Like that's absurd. And but that's like the San Francisco offense sometimes though. Like they like to get balls, excuse me. Yeah, balls in the hands of their playmakers. Even George Kittle <laughs> will run some tight end screens. And now Debo Samuels going at wide receiver 36, a spot that he has outplayed when he has been healthy. Last season, he only played in six games due to injury, unfortunately. But this team, they were 20th in pass percentage last season. Jimmy G was inefficient. They still provided a lot of fantasy success in Brandon Ayuk when he was the main guy there. You know George Kittle is going to get his. Good offenses can support two or three Players, man. Like, you look at the Bengals who have Joe Burrow, a sophomore, and a bad offensive line. You don't know how well Joe Burrow is going to be able to play. And you have three receivers all being drafted within the top 30. And everyone says they're, they are going to be a good enough offense where they can all be drafted in the top 30. And it'll make sense. They'll all be able to pay off. Why can't a Kyle Shanahan San Francisco offense that has shown it could be a powerhouse offense and efficient Provide a spot where George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel are all viable each week. I don't think that's out of the question. And at their ADPs, I think Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 27 is a good pick. I'm a little more hesitant taking Debo Samuel, although I have a couple times with his wide receiver 36 ADP because he's certainly better than that. It's just about injury and how he's going to acclimate in that offense now with Ayuk. And Kittle, I do think Ayuk is more of an alpha type receiver, and I think he's gonna be the number one receiver in that offense. And Kittle's gonna get his. There's no denying that. But I do think all these guys provide some value at their at their current ADP. And I think it's a little overdrawn, all this you can't trust this San Francisco offense to to be good enough for these guys. Like it doesn't need to be that good of a passing offense to provide two players surpassing wide receiver 27 and 36. Let's be real.
0: I think, Michael, I think the, the problem is, though, that you're not talking about the third player that they're going to have to to get in the in the mix,
1: and that's George Kittle. Because I am talking about George Kittle. George Kittle's going to get his period. That doesn't but yeah, mean but how you can Debo are, are just going to be phased out of the offense. No,
0: no, definitely not. But are they going to be guys where, if you're picking them in the sixth round, you're picking them uh, amongst other guys who can really contribute. You're picking them. You know, he Brandon Ayuk's in the same like place that like Deontay Johnson is. And a guy like Deontay Johnson, although I've I've mentioned that you know people assuming his carries are one hundred percent guaranteed might be mistaken. Targets, but targets, excuse me. He I mean, his targets are more guaranteed than Ayuk's are.
1: And See, I mean I'm just I'm banking on the talent and Brandon Ayuk, you when you have talented players in situations where they could show their talent He has the ability to be the wide receiver one for that team. And the wide receiver one for that team, even if it's the wide receiver two, technically, behind George Kittle, I still think Brandon Ayuk could be better than wide receiver 27. Like, I think he could be a weekly wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Sure, maybe he'll let you down a few games here and there. But all NFL wide receivers let you down a few games here and there. Allen Robinson is a no-brainer third-round pick and like 40% of his games, he's going to end as wide receiver 40 or worse because of quarterback play. That's how it works every single year. You're not going to get these perfectly consistent players. And in this instance, I'm just betting on the talent. (laughs) I'm betting on the talent that Brandon Ayuk, who showed that he could be a star his rookie season, isn't just going to digress his sophomore year into a barely usable fantasy asset.
0: I think I'm 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 worried. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm and West if you Michael, guys,
1: yeah. I'm a little more worried about Debo Samuel, I but yes. I'm not. I think not I like Ayuk. I, I think Ayuk. I think you is... mentioned that Samuel had a negative. Yeah, hilarious. Fucking. I
0: yes. I I mean, Jimmy. Just so you guys know, though, Jimmy G in 2019 was a very efficient quarterback, but he didn't have Top that many passing throw value. 400 eighth overall, yeah. 476 pass attempts that year. That was only 19th in the league, but he was third in yards per attempt, first in deep, uh, deep t- completion percentage, fifth in pass TDs, fourth in completion percentage. Like this guy was hyper efficient,
1: and they love play action passes, which gets wide receivers open. It's a fact.
0: And your these wide receivers are always going to be put into a position to to advance. It's so funny. His average depth of target though that year, Jimmy Garoppolo was 40th, but his yards per attempt was third. That's wow. how many how much yak he was. He was gifted that's, with.
1: That's like that's cool. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a that's a
0: that's a really so that's that's the type of and now they're adding Brandon Ayuk. So both of these guys are going to be put in a situation where they they might only need one play to be fantasy viable. You know what I mean? Cause they can both turn it up and, and you know,
1: they're both Robert Woods esque where they're going to get rush attempts, which doesn't seem like it's helpful. But if you win the season with 150 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, that's a nice little bump up in your fantasy points. Um, George Kittle is
0: the tight end that they're going to have to share the wealth with. George Kittle now has been underwhelming two seasons in a row, mostly because of injuries. Um, but he's still being drafted as that tight end three. Everyone's still on the George Kittle bandwagon. And it's I mean, there's no surprise as to why this guy is a is a beast. So I I've seen myself, I have a uh I have the fifth pick in my home league. So I've been doing a lot of mock drafts, and I I almost every single time have the ability to draft Kittle or Waller in the second round. Um I never do. And then I have an opportunity to get Kittle in the third round, and I never do. Um I just, it's so, it's it's hard for me to to, to depend on Kittle because of that injury history. Um, but if he plays as a beast, how do you feel about him, Jay?
1: Yeah, I have the, I have PTSD from drafting Kittle last <laughs> year. <clears throat> but I, look, if there was ever a season where there's, like, a reason to take a tight end early, it's this one. I just like the way my looks, my team looks better. I like its um configuration, configuration and upside more. When I'm drafting tight ends late, and it has nothing to do with George Kittle, it's just that when you can get... Because if you take him in the second or third round, you're talking like Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown territory. Like I'd rather leave a draft with Justin Jefferson and Robert Tunyon than George Kittle and... Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Or Tyler Bowie. Facts. Facts. That's just my thoughts there, but I, I get it. I get George Kittle. He missed eight games last year, but he only missed three games in his career before that. People, he has his injury-prone tag. A lot of the reason why is because he plays through injuries. He's a tough dude. Yeah, he's always playing hurt, but he plays, and he's averaged uh, over 15 points per game over the last three years. The guy's a stud. He was turning three and four the two years prior to last. Um, prior to last year, he has a 1,200 yard season under his belt. The thing is, over the last three years, he only has 12 touchdowns, even with all these crazy numbers we're spitting. If he gets those touchdowns up, there's no doubt that he's going to be worth his pick. He's going to be, a. I think his ceiling is higher than Darren Waller's. The only qu he surpasses true target value every single season just because he's a yak stud and he knows what to do with the ball. There's a question of health. There's a question of lack of touchdowns. It's a question of who the quarterback is going to be. These are all things you need to weigh with George Kittle. I think that's why he's going in the late second, early third. I'm personally not taking him. But you also have to see the way the draft goes. Because if I mentioned earlier Jefferson, Brown, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, right? Allen Robinson. You never know how a draft is going to go. If those guys all go before you and then you're looking at Kittle or like C.E.H., then maybe i take the chance on George Kittle. So it depends on your draft, but at that point, I'd rather take a high upside receiver.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Mike. How do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I'm all about the uh, top end tight end this year, and Kelsey Waller or Kittle. I think it makes a lot of sense, Um, and you could configure your team nicely. Even like, I know Jason says like a Tunyon Jefferson compared to like a Boyd or um, or Kittle. I, I mean, I'm I'm. I like the seesaw running back approach, running back, stock up on tight end, wide receiver, and then grab running backs later. If it's like a Kittle and like Chase Edmonds compared to like a Tunyon and Jefferson or something, then like I don't know. I'm I'm not super against being the Kittle side there. I think he has huge upside and we saw last year what being a top end tight end can do for your team. I mean George Kittle and Darren Waller both had Terrific win rates in almost every single league that you had them. And any, whether it's standard PPR, half PPR, tight end premium especially, because there was just such an advantage to have those guys there who completely dominated the rest of the league in the tight end position. So I think if you have a guy like George Kittle who has that ability and he stays healthy and really ends up being that star, it'll be very, very helpful for your team. And let's not let's get real. Throughout the season, there's going to be waivers. You're going to find the wide receiver. You're going to find the running back. It's not like the team you leave your draft with is the team. That's why people hate zero RB or seesaw RB approaches because it looks uglier when you leave the draft. So be it. That's what waivers and trades and such are for.
0: Michael's never been one to have a pretty team during the draft, but he's always one to be in the playoffs and 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 be vying for a championship. Um, Michael's teams are often not pretty after the draft because he's he does exactly what he says, but they're always deep. Um, tr- this running game is an interesting one because we know Kyle Shan likes to, t- Kyle Shanahan. Excuse me, likes to spread the wealth around. But and I know that right now, you guys, uh, and I, this is something that's going to probably piss off the Twins. I know go. you guys are on the Raheem Mostert bandwagon, and look, Raheem Mostert has been a good player. He has been a very good player. Um, and he has game breaking speed and he will probably get, be the starting running back for the San Francisco 49ers as soon as the season starts. And that's what it's going to be to me though. I am not excited to draft for Moster number one because of the injury issues. And I know that the injury issues, you can say that for everyone. I, I do. I get it. But number two is because Trey sermon is a third round pick. Um, The highest that a Kyle Shanahan team has ever drafted a a running back uh, since Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for Tevin Coleman. Um, I think that that says things so far. He's been good in camp. Um, He looked decent in his in his uh, preseason debut, which is where we're at right now um, in when we're recording this. I'm I like Trey Sermon because I think that of all the running backs in this backfield, he's the only one that has an actual chance of usurping everyone and being the main runner. I I think so, that we've seen how they they've seen we've seen how they use Mostert. They use him in a part-time role because he's fragile. He's a smaller guy. He's, he's a speed guy, but he's explosive. And when he's playing, you 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 start him.
1: I mean, you say part-time um, role, but he's still like the starter, and he still gets a good amount of carries.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, for the that. For that system, he gets the most carries, 100, um, and I think that will continue even when Jeff Wilson comes back. Even though I think they'll they'll work Jeff Wilson into the mix as well. So you're probably gonna have a three-headed monster led by Mostert, which is fine. And if you and if you're drafting running backs and you know you you took wide receivers early and you need a starter in the beginning of the season, drafting Mostert's a great idea. But if you don't, if you're set at running back and you're looking for upside, I think Trey Sermon presents the only upside that could be the guy who takes over the backfield of this backfield uh do you concur with me or am i uh am i bugging
1: look the 49ers running back room is not one i'm actively targeting a lot like i i think raheem Mostert is underrated um he's a studly stud when on the field but we have to emphasize when on the field right like unfortunately his active gains where he's been fully healthy have been few and far between. When he's on the field, he grades out as one of the best, fastest, most explosive running backs in the league, and that's really not debatable no matter what metric you look at. Even in a Kyle Shanahan offense where he likes to mix in other running backs, Raheem Mostert has separated himself when on the field. Now they have Mostert, they have Sermon, they have Wayne Gallman, they have Jeff Wilson who's going to come back at some point. There's no shortage of talent. Like you said, they spent a third-round pick on Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon played with the first team in the first um. In the first preseason game with Raheem Mostert out. And n- now it's just trying to figure out who's going to get the touches in this offense. I think it's clearly going to be Mostert one healthy, going off the board at RB31. I'm fine with drafting Raheem Mostert there, especially if you go uh, seesaw running back or zero running back. I think Raheem Mostert is a good value pick. I think, I mean, he's not going to start the season injured, right? Like, he's going to start the season healthy. By the time you draft, I assume you're going to know if he got hurt in the preseason. I hope not. But right now, it looks like he's going to start the season healthy. And if he does get injured, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's likely he does get injured and miss some time, You'll the season will have started. You will have time to get other wide receivers off the waiver wire, the JD McKissicks, the Naheem Hines, the James Connors of years past in the world. Like, it, there's never really a difficulty finding valuable running backs off the wire from week to week if you really need to. And Raheem Mostert is better than RB thirty one. That's just a fact. He's going to be ranked better than R B thirty one every single time. It's the he's Will Fuller. It's the Will Fuller trick. It's the will he ever be ranked below yeah. this trick? No Raheem Oster will never be ranked at R B thirty one or lower, which just inherently makes him a value for whenever he's healthy. Trey Sermon going off at R B thirty seven. In like the mid rounds, I have no interest in Trey Sermon, man. At this point in the draft, he's going
0: with all that thing that I said about him. He's going too high for me, so I'm not really ending up with any 49ers running backs.
1: Yeah, I, like I'm not even sure that he'll be the lead guy if something were to happen to Moster because Wayne Gallman was good last year and Jeff Wilson is good whenever he gets chances. Yeah, Wayne Gallman's there too. I think Wayne Gallman is a great last round dart throw in best ball leagues and even deep leagues because I think Wayne Gallman could end up finding his way onto the field as well in this offense that likes to split work in that backfield. So, look, I think Raheem Mostert at RB31 is just technically a value. I understand if you don't want to draft him there because of injury history and the fact that it's a that offense that likes to split the load in that backfield. I can't get behind Trey Sermon and I think Wayne Gallman is a good like late last round type of pick, but this is obviously a backfield that has a lot of talent and it's going to be it's going to be fun watching. And it's probably going to be irritating for fantasy managers um, how it all gets split up by Kyle Shanahan.
0: As always, Jason, you guys, Jason said he is Will Fuller. Like, yo, he really is. He is Will Fuller in the running back position. Big
1: play running back who will always be ranked higher. Yeah. It's just. (laughs) He's good, man. He's just very good.
0: It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, That's it for the 49. This is one of our longer episodes, right? The 49ers are an interesting team. A lot of X factors on this team. Sir. Yeah, this is a, one of our longer episodes. Um, with that being said, Jason, where could they find you?
1: At Brodo FF Jason. That's Michael. Me. At Brodo FF Mike. You can find that's me at Brodo FF Tim. That's you.
0: They, they can't even hear me when I said Tim because you said him and Tim and him are the same. And now they didn't. Even, they don't even know what my Broto name. Timmer. <laughs> uh, Brotofff casting that's over for cast. Uh, <laughs> Broto um, at Brotoff fantasy on. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok now. Follow us on TikTok. We're going to try and do some TikToks. Um, TikTok, make it drop. Patreon.com and the Broto app. You already know about that. Uh, Yeah. We're getting close, man. It's about that time. Also, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want to listen to the extra episodes this week. You know it's getting close when
1: the heat wave is dropping daily.
0: Oh, yeah. Later.
1: Later. Heat wave?